This is Agents Influence Podcast. Our industry needs experimentation and invention because you can't innovate something you haven't actually created. One of the reasons Amazon is so successful is they experiment and invent on behalf of the customer. From that perspective, I love the idea of helping the customer have easier process for getting their information to somebody else. So them providing access to their information so that I can take that as an agent looking at providing them with another quote or package or proposal and making that easier for the consumer, I think is a good thing. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 how are you doing, loyal listeners? Another episode of Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with Jason Cass. That's me, and I got the one, the only, my buddy, Mr. Steve Anderson. Probably been on the podcast more than just about anybody, and the reason is is because I think he's genius. Now, <laughs> see, there he goes laughing. He there does you that go. every time. Yeah. Does that every time. <laughs> does it every time. He's been a big person in my life. You guys probably recently have listened to the Chris Amrine uh, podcast that I did uh, probably released that. I don't know when you're listening to this. Today is uh, May 22nd. Um, and he's very similar in my mind to the way I see you, Steve. I, I Chris Amrine is someone that I got to know in 04, 05 when I was just starting out at an Illinois conference. And he wowed me by the fact that he was wearing this shirt that said insurance is fun. And I was, and I mean, and I was like, dude, figure, I, right. yeah, and right. And, but that, but that meant a lot to me at the time, right. As a 26, 27 year old, I was like, okay, I w- I think this should be fun too. And, yeah. and he's a veteran and he thinks it's fun. So yes, I'm on the right path, you know? There you um, go. And then, and then meeting you upon you blowing my mind with a lot of technology and a lot of things that were coming on. You know, one thing I always liked about you, Steve, was you always had cool decks, like your, your slides always <laughs> slid to the side and stuff. And I was a big wanting to be a speaker, right? So I would sit there and look at those and be like, ooh, I like how he does that Rubik's Cube. How? Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you told me one day, I was like, what's your secrets? You're like, Jason, it's in PowerPoint. They, they just, it's, it's right it, there. It's a button. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, Steve, uh, how are you doing down there in uh, Franklin, Tennessee? We're doing great. Yeah, just right. starting to open up uh, stuff. So we're kind of navigating what that might be, but uh, we're doing great. What have you and the wife been doing for the last two two months? <laughs> um, staying at home and cooking. So, uh, you know, travel is something I have done a lot of uh, over Uh the years, and that was kind of put to a halt here uh, for the last few months. So doing a lot more virtual, you know, I think kind of the way I'm phrasing it right now is uh, our our poor little industry has has crammed five years of change into two months. And so everybody, you know, you're comfortable with it. Uh, A lot of, you know, people are, but tell you what, staff. Uh, owners getting used to remote, um, you know, all of those kinds of stuff. So there's, there's a lot of change, uh, no question going on. And um, kind of the implications of that, I will be fascinated to watch over the next year or so. I agree. I agree. I, um, I don't think it'll, I don't think it's going to 
maybe it should some. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world, but I would not be one to be in commercial real estate boosting <laughs> that. We are I certainly mean, getting some of that, aren't we, between Google and Facebook and, uh, you know, yeah. Uber and, gosh, so many companies now really Nationwide, looking. like four nationwide. huge things they got yep. rid of. I mean, if I own big skyscrapers, I'm kind of going, hmm, I don't mm. know about that, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. You know, if you're a big commercial real estate and it's a manufacturer, well, you're not going to see that. But if there's a bunch of sit-down desks in there built off the internet, oh, I'd be a little yeah. bit worried at some of that stuff. And we've talked about a lot about that over the last couple podcasts, um, is, is that work at home and how that can be a benefit for the company, how that can be a negative for the company. But most importantly, let's talk about the human aspect of this, is, is the effect that that can have on that human who maybe likes coming to the office, maybe that's the best place they work, maybe their home is a hostile environment. I think there's a lot of different things here. And I think this is very similar. I've said it before, and I'd like to get your thought here, Steve. It's very similar from the different of the agriculture to the industrial age, the manufacturing age to the service age, to where those people in the middle kind of got caught. You know, they kind of like, well, hey, I've worked at the factory for 25 years. I don't want to go retrain to do this job over there. And I think we're seeing that by these some of our CSRs who may not be able to adapt to this. What say you? Oh, I think there's definitely going to be um, a shift in mindset there. And, you know, not, and I think you're right. Not everybody is geared to or actually probably should work from home. Um, and I would say in terms of um, – I'm trying to think where I saw it. Um, I believe it was Tony Shea I heard speak. And they uh, – their campus in Las Vegas. So um, – I forgot the name of uh, Zappos. Yeah, give Zappos, me a second. Yeah. Uh, founder of Zappos, you know, Amazon acquired them. Their headquarters is in uh, Las Vegas, downtown Las Vegas. And he talked about creating opportunities for people to cross paths. So, like they they changed their uh, environment and their work environment because he believed that that cooperation was really important. Let me think of that term he used. That's not the, quite the right one, but Mm -hmm. opportunities for intersection, right? Where you can bounce ideas off people, et cetera. So absolutely video, Zoom, right? All Teams, now Google Meet, whatever the platform is, I think we'll see a lot more usefulness of it. And I think we'll also see where it doesn't work well. So mm -hmm. that, that to me will be interesting. Uh, you know, so I will, it, it will be interesting to me to see even, let's say nationwide, right, in, in our own industry, if they change their mind in a year or two, meaning, you know, there's not as much of that brainstorming, collaboration, thinking through, you know, picking somebody else's brain. It, no questions harder on video. Uh, when you're not kind of just sitting next to each other. Mm -hmm. So yes, lots of change going on now. And we'll see how much of that sticks uh, and, and how much doesn't. I would say something we did not see five years ago that we're seeing huge today is the digital ecosystem that agencies have to create, which falls in line with this, with a Slack or a Teams type 
on a program. I'm doing a book. I'm doing a book read right now, which you're probably going to get a call from in the next week. It's called Explain This Book to Me. And it's a really, really good podcast that Josh Lipstone is doing. And one of the things that we kind of discussed was he said, what did you not see five years ago when you wrote your book that's here today? That's the biggest. I said, it's the digital ecosystem of Slack and Teams. It's changed my office. I listen to agents talk about it in the mastermind all the time. It's a hot topic. We just had an automation uh, meeting last Wednesday in the mastermind, very successfully attended. Why? Because I said it's automations between Slack and Teams. If I put Slack and Teams and how to work them, boom, agents show up. I mean, associations are missing out on something like this as creating that a class, something that you might want to help with where there was Steve. <laughs> but 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 what are, what are your thoughts on this? This is something we didn't see. It actually Actually, probably three, four years ago, it wasn't as big as it is today. Yeah, and I've, um, so my my newsletter tech tips uh, came out this morning, and I just I did a, a quick review of the new Microsoft. Excuse me, <laughs> they it came out that. yesterday. Came they out came out yesterday. I'm yeah, thinking today's Friday. Thursday. No, I'm thinking that today's Thursday. I know uh, when I get Steve's stuff. Hey, 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 you know what? <laughs> Who knows what day it is anymore, right? <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, actually, my my best line. So it, Downton Abbey, I, if you didn't watch it, but it, whatever. But one of the early episodes, um, Maggie Smith, who plays the countess, you know, again, this is English royalty. Mm-hmm. And there's a conversation and somebody says, well, the weekend's coming up. And she looks up and just the way she can do it. And she said, what's a weekend? And I'm feeling that like I understand that more and more now, but <laughs> I got you. What's that makes sense. That's so, good. Anyway, back. Um, so uh, Google Meet just kind of new. And again, Microsoft uh, is not trying to be left out with Teams. Google's trying not to be left out with Meet. Zoom exploded in terms of usage. Um, and and I, I got a comment um, that basically said, you know, I've used Uber Conference and now they do video. And you know, what about that versus some of the other options? And Sort of back to your point, my response is the platform is becoming more important than the individual tool. Meaning, you know, I think Teams with mm-hmm. Microsoft and the Microsoft ecosystem, as that continues to get better ingrained, will trump uh, maybe even a Zoom. You know, Zoom took off. Why? Because it was easy. You did a click, it connected, it worked, it, right, it just worked Mm -hmm. until you got a whole bunch of enterprise people on there and, you know, all of the security stuff, which, you know, they're, they're scrambling to take care of. Uh, And I see that same thing with Google. So you've got G Suite adding all of these pieces, maybe each one isn't necessarily best in class, but as a ecosystem, that may trump, right? Mm -hmm me having to pick all of these different platforms and then figure out how to make them work together. So that's interesting to me. uh, And I do think platform stuff in general is is, um, where more things are headed. Think of the value, Steve. Think of the value when I'm an agency owner, I'm sorry, I'm I'm somebody who's gonna buy another agency. And I used to come in and say, hey, do you have a manual, right? Do you have a, do you, do you, how, how does your team get together? Do they chat, right? What are the different tools you're using? 
I could go to someone's teams or I could go to someone's Slack and just let me sit down and open it up and start looking at the conversations and how they have their tutorial videos stored and how they have different things on different metrics of different companies. Um, And I would be like, wow, I'll pay more for this agency, right? right? I now have a direct tangible thing besides, oh, well, they have good technology and a good marketing campaign. And so their sales have went up. I now have a tangible thing that I can look at conversations. I can look at the platform and see what's connected into it, how well it's being used. Um, I think it gives us another layer that I think is being ignored. And I think that this is the problem a lot of people have from working from home. Two of the agents that I talked to that stressed that that were really stressed out in South Carolina, the agent told me he had two people that worked in his office that were some of his main people, and they had a, a respiratory um, uh, illness uh, before, and so they were really susceptible. So they had to be at home. They had to stay at home. What killed them was is like they had the Zoom, right? They right. could communicate. But they couldn't do much else, right? Everything's going through email, you know, and oh man, now we got to hook up over here. And well, before I had four monitors, so I could just pull that up and it was always there, but now I have one. I think that that digital ecosystem is what people are missing. You know, it's you've got to start creating that. And then you could, like that platform you're talking about, and then yeah. you can catapult when these things like COVID come to you. And right. I hope. I hope people have learned that lesson, Steve. I really well. Hope. I think that's part of that five years of change in two months. I think there's. I, I'm hearing more and more agency owners, and I will say uh, older ones, right? Not like you that are, mm-hmm. you know, more willing to jump in and experiment, but older ones that have been more resistant. Going, oh my, you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I. And I did capture this. I don't know what to do with it, but I saw a post on LinkedIn. This is probably two months ago now. Agency owner, and basically the post said, uh, don't call our agency. We are closed. Our staff doesn't have access to your files. What? I mean, you know, how can that agency be in business? Um, Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, and, and so, you know, again, uh, and your comment too kind of resonated with me. You'll be willing to pay more for an agency that has those, some of that tools, right? You know, access to information. And I think the other side to that is going to be very real over the next few years. I won't be willing to pay as much for an agency that is just traditional, not mm-hmm. it, not keeping up, right? All of those kinds of things. So technology is definitely a factor there in terms of uh, how you operate and, and what you do. Yeah. We jump, we jumped to the cavern or the, the canyon here. So we had these file cabinets and yes, people like you, Steve, got rid of them in 1994. <laughs> I know, but most, okay. Most, didn't. Yeah. So w- what we had was that lack though. It's like when the files went away, we were forced to use our management system docs which have never really been great. They're really not good at sharing. I can't really hook up other things into them. You know, I'm very limited. And so we just kind of, that's why a lot of people really didn't leave the system, the filing cabinets. Because and, and, and even when they did, you just felt lost. I feel as if this Teams, this Slack was the thing that we needed. I don't think that we would have understood it directly coming out. But I think now... I think a lot more people are like, okay, so that's where this is going to be stored. That's mm-hmm. where I'm going to find this. Okay. But if it needs to be a yellow envelope, like in the back of the day, yeah, that's over in my management system. Right. But everything right. else is what we utilize. So yes, I, I am. Well, and I think there's is, uh, definitely, um, what do I want to say this? 
too many agencies have thought their management system is a document management system, and it's not. It's true. It's a file storage system. It's a it's a cabinet replacement versus a true document management system, which there are several examples out. The problem is they've been expensive, right? And if I'm already mm -hmm. paying for my management system, why should I have to pay for something else? Mm -hmm. uh, my management system should do this for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that's right or not, you know, that that has been a core problem in terms of relying on the management system for, you know, document management, true document management. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right about that. This is just really, really wild times. It is really, really wild times. I accept it. I, I love it because I think it pushes people forward. Well, you know, not only are we talking, you know, sometimes we have to get, um, when we really care about the industry and we say that we do, sometimes we have to obviously take our own ego out of the way. When I tell, when you, when I hear you tell stories or say, or mention or give scenarios of an agency who, um, you go into, they don't have a digital, digital ecosystem or no, 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 let me, put it this way the agent you were talking about who said sorry my staff can't get that i start to take that personally mm -hmm. because there's 23 and 28 year old people that are insured there that don't know why they're insured there but grandma and grandpa always were that you just now convinced them of why they shouldn't be there and they just went to geico or they went somewhere else yep. that's not going to give them that ability that means you just hurt our industry that means that you just really kind of hurt me a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we have to sometimes start getting a little bit rough and say, like, if you're going to be eliminated because of that type of thing, it comes to being, it might be best for everybody else. And I hate to say that because one of these days I'm going to be that 60 year old or 70 well, year old. Well, hey, careful. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, again, <laughs> change is hard. <laughs> yeah. I could, well, you watch it there, buddy. Um, change is hard. But honestly, it's it's a mindset. It's not age. Mm. And so I know a lot of mm. traditional older agency owners that are absolutely on leading edge, want to be there, pushing their staff and themselves forward because they're understanding that, you know, customers are different today. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and I think literally over the, again, last two months, one of the things that also is changing is customers' expectations. I mean, I frankly, for the first time, did um, you know groceries uh, online? You know pickup, and part of me thought, you know, one, it was kind of rough, you know, and they're getting slammed, right? All that kind of stuff. But part of me was like, huh, why haven't I done this before? It was, you know, pretty easy, um, and kind of like a lot of things, you kind of learn what to do and what not to do. I'm not sure I want to, you know, high school kid picking out my produce. Um, <laughs> you know, I still might want to control that, but there are a whole lot point. of things now that, you know, staples, kind of normal stuff. It is what it is. It's a whole lot easier. And that, that mindset is going to go into everything that we do regardless of what it is, be it retail, be it, I mean, look at the takeoff of telemedicine. I mean, my, 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 you know, primary care provider now, telemedicine's absolutely an option. Mm -hmm. And how long would it have taken to get, I mean, that's been around a long time, but all of a sudden we had a use case, like, I don't want to go to the office with all those other sick people. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. do I really need to? One, it's more convenient for me. So translate that into agencies, what is that going to mean in terms of what you have to do uh, because of some of these changes that uh, that have taken place? 
And I like some of these things that are happening outside the apps, right? I was just thinking about this and now I'm starting to see it. A uh, Lowe's. If you go into Lowe's or Home Depot and you look up a product, I mean, it'll tell you the aisle and the bin mm-hmm. it's on right there. And I don't have to be in their, their app, right? So right. I just look it up and I'm like, oh, how that's a 14, section three. Or wandering around, you know, Lowe's for, uh, you know, 15 minutes. Now, some of Try- that's just because it's fun, but it's fun. But also <laughs> when you really need somebody, that's when they're never around. And it's like, right. forget it. I'll use my phone. But I started thinking to myself about something when I've now experienced COVID by Best Buy, that's right up the road. You have to make an appointment. You can make the appointment online. To be honest with you, that sounds really crazy that you have to do that, mm-hmm. but they have another option. Their other option is you can come see us now, but you have to tell us what it is. So you look and you see that that certain thing is in, you can drive up there, you say, here's what I need. They scan it on your phone and the guy goes, pull around. You pull around, the guy comes out with the car on an iPad thing. He says, this is what you need? I say, yeah, he hands it to me. I put, he slides my card in, I sign it and we're off. And I thought to myself, wow, that was as easy as buying a Starbucks. Right. That was very, very easy. <laughs> Number two, I didn't have to get out and go do all that. And I thought, I started looking, Steve, at this big box store and I'm thinking, Wow, I can wow. see how aisles could be eliminated right. because you don't need customers walking up and down those aisles. You just need p- people going in and picking things off of a store shelf. You yep. know. Then we also set an appointment. The appointment I thought was a really interesting thing because the next day or my son just had his birthday and okay. I went and got him a gaming monitor. Yep. And so when we went there, I wanted to actually go see the monitor. Right. This is something I needed to see. We set the appointment. It was awesome. And I know it was awesome for Best Buy because they assign you to a person. Right. So you're with the person. You just don't go walking around. Also, there's only two people allowed per section. They have it like in TVs and all this and that. Mm -hmm. So what it allows them to do, I'm wondering if after this goes on for a year or two, if Best Buy doesn't start to see their sales go up because they're not allowing people like me to walk in, look for the thing I need and walk back out. It's actually you're there with a salesperson who's actually helping you. I wonder if they're going to get less people and make more money on that. I'm really curious to see how that, I'm really curious to see if once everything opens up, if they go right back to where it is. Yeah. I think they have something. I really do think they have something. Yeah. I think some of it will go back to the way it was, but not all of it. So um, mm-hmm. it, that will be absolutely interesting to, to see the changes there. And I think retail, no question. And you know, retail has been in a change for a long time. You know, and bring us, bring it back to agencies. What, what's the corollary in terms of, of what an agency needs to do with their customers? Well, I think, you know, one, maybe it is, uh, you know, more appointment based where, you know, you come in and have a- almost back to sometime in the past where you sat down with somebody and you talked through and you, right, you talked through the policy and the changes and things like that. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, where that shift is. Um, and, and I think, again, back to video. I mean, I think that's where uh, the smart agents already are using video in terms of just connecting with people um, and, you know, Moving forward, what will that actually look like? So uh, to me, all of that will be really interesting to, to see what happens. Steve and Travis and I at this agency, my loyal listeners know this, Steve and Travis and I at this agency, we just wrote a $347,000 premium account. We've never been to the place. 
we met with them on GoToMeeting for an hour and a half, and they signed it over to us on a BOR after we talked to them about certain things that they needed. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even ask for the BOR. They sent us all the information we needed to do a mod audit. And they were just like, we just want you to be our agent on this. That blew my mind. Yeah. Okay. And I use video a lot. But yeah. I like what you just said. Over there on that door, I've been telling people, since I've owned an agency location, there is no hours on that door. It says by appointment only. Yeah, I've had this for a long time and you wouldn't believe how many people call and make appointments. Make appointments and, and, and- but here's the deal. They would never get on video. Now we're starting to see in the last month, we've got people. I'm like, hey, can I send you a video link? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think so that's, th- a, that's a, a, a change just in how people view things. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when you got Zoom happy hours and family birthdays on Zoom, I mean, that changes things. And I think that won't go back to not doing it at all. There'll be some middle ground there. And I think the sooner agents understand that and start reaching out that way, the better. Right. I think also sometimes our customers, um, Steve, don't believe us that some of our customers that want it this way. We'll be like, oh, it's okay if you don't want to do video. Some of our customers like to do it that way. I don't think they necessarily believe that. I think they think that we're trying to pressure them into that. I think things like this, now make them realize like, oh, wow, I guess other people are doing video. Maybe I should get, I should start right. getting on the video train here, yep. which does make my job easier because I do want to have that personal um, one-on-one connection with them. Absolutely. Um, schools, I uh, had a pastor, a pastor, a principal on who said that, uh, that he sees that snow days will be eliminated because of right. this type of thing. We've now started to learn that we can teach our kids at home. You know, so um, I would also be willing to say that I think the things that my son's been learning over the last month and a half have to do more with like geography and stuff like that. It's right. not really a lot of equations because me and my wife don't know it, right? <laughs> um, that'll, but, that'll, that'll make you guys uh, have to, uh, you know, go back to school too, right? But with video, he can sit down in the living room, put it on the screen, and he can do the work like he's supposed to if someone's there to help me do it. But yeah. Um, anything else you see in this in this time that you'd see that uh, is kind of like, hmm, I wonder if that's going to stay like that? Anything? Well, I think a couple of things. I've been watching a little bit some of the agency website providers and, you know, their traffic to agency websites um, is going up, right? Again, searching. Uh, I think the whole, I'm trying to think how I want to phrase it. The move by carriers right now to you know you know premium forgiveness or 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 rebate uh, not rebating but you know giving yeah. money back i think that will end i definitely obviously is going to end here in a couple of months and i'm wondering how much of that will actually get people or prompt people to do more searching for quotes right so, so certainly mm-hmm. personal lines uh and i think you know um you know business insurance certainly small business uh, I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for those agents that already have an online presence. And so I, I still get questions. I, ha- I was on a call, I don't know, last week or week before. I still get questions. What do you think about having quoting on your website? And, um, you know, allowing people to quote versus, right, filling out a form. And, you know, I think there's no question that is a good entry point for somebody for you to start a conversation and i always go back to and i've said this actually for a long time now when agents tell me they don't want to put that on their website because they want to talk to people 
And I always say, I don't care what you want. What does your client want Mm -hmm. or what does your prospect want? And so I think all of these things are prompting people, you know, to be more likely to go start a search. And again, you know, the numbers, Jason, people start searches online, they don't finish and purchase online in terms of large percentages, but you start that conversation. So I think we'll see, you know, more and more of that the, the, you know, video proposals we've talked about, uh, right, all of those kinds of, of tools and engagement, uh, I, I do think will increase, uh, continue to increase and uh, be, be much better. So we'll see. Different way of looking at an online raider. Yes. We look at a raider today, not the agency that I work for. We look at the raider today as someone finds us online, they can get a quote. That, that's what we've had it for. We don't use it that way. We have it online on our website and we have a link to it. And when someone calls in, we tell them there's one of two ways we take the information. We can take it from you and then we're going to get it to our quoting system. It's going to take a little bit longer, but we're working on it. And what we found out during COVID, people know that we're shorthanded, so they're more likely to say yes. I don't think so. I think people will say yes. I just don't think my team was asking. Right. And what we have found out around 20 to 30% of the time, they will say, no, just go ahead and give me the link because we tell them, I can also text you a link. You can open it up and you can fill it out. And then once you get done, it will tell me, and then we're going to reach out to you and go over that information. Would that be fine? 20 to 30% of the time they're saying yes. And what, and so we're using it as a tool to get them to fill, put the stuff in the Raider is how we're looking. We don't care if you came online or if you called in or you walk in, we don't really care. You know, we haven't done it on walk-ins because we don't get walk-ins, but I could see if I was a heavy walk-in person, I could get in an app. Uh, or, or an iPad. Yep. And when they walk in, sit them down and say, sit Hey, fill this out real quick. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be in my Raider, then come up to the desk and we're going to do that thing. So, so no, I, I, that's how we're using it. And I think it's other ways of being able to say, how do I use this as a tool to help the efficiency of my office, which is going to help my customer experience with my customer yep. rather than saying, how can I give them so they can get a quote? Right. I'm not saying that they don't want that, but I'm saying it's a different way to use it. You know, absolutely. I agree with that. I think the other thing about Raiders, too, and again, I've said this for a while, is that um, the Raiders, the way most agencies use them, promote commoditization. Because what does a Raider show you? It's true. Shows you price only. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've argued for quite a while that the Raider should first display coverage differences, policy differences between the various carriers. And then you can talk about here's here's why you actually might want to pay a little bit more with this carrier because of this coverage or that coverage. And and again, I think one of the we'll see one of the potential benefits of all the COVID stuff regarding insurance is people are a lot more aware that they may need to know more about what's actually in their policy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where small business and, and mid-market, I think there's going to be a huge opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, certainly there could be some problems. I, I get that, right? In terms of, you know, business interruption and coverage and not coverage. And, but, mm-hmm. but, being able to have those conversations now going, hey, here, here are various things that you should be aware of, not just how much it costs. 
Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I-N-T-E-L-L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel. Cast certified. Yeah. And you know what? Because I know, and I, I know you're right about a lot of things. You're right about the Raider, because if you go do a consumer Raider, that's what they do. They make you it's choose. All, it's the, all price based. Yeah. But, but also they'll make you sign, they'll make you choose the coverage of better, best and better or yep. whatever. And yep. then when you select that, they give you a price that's based on the price, but you could change the thing. But that's a good point. Why do they not ask they don't really show us those up front. I think Tarmica on some of the things that they're doing. Have you seen their commercial online writer commercial Tarmica? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, I'm, I think, I'm, are changing the industry because to me, to me, Steve, I, I want to get violent and I don't mean to because um, I'm not a violent person, but. I don't understand why we've had so many problems having commercial lines raiders and actually being able to hook directly into the API, into the portal of set of doing this. And, oh, we can't do it for this reason or that reason. And then Tarmica comes along and they've got like eight companies in the matter of a couple months that they're directly integrated to. <laughs> and not only that, they also share data with me to let me know, hey, not only that, I know you did quote CNA, but look at the coverages this one has and it's actually less, right? right? And it does some of that stuff and helps you make that better decision other than, as you said, just looking at that price. Yeah. And it blows my mind that no one else has come out with this. I also want to tell you one other thing, Steve, on this Raider stuff. This is this is true story, true story. I don't know who the person is at Vertifor. I'm not here to, I don't know who they are, but there's someone high in the rating department I was talking with an agent who's building a system, okay? And this system he's building is actually pretty cool. It's a it's an agency management system, but it's kind of different as well. And he's building this system and he said and I said, "You know, everything is predicated that you're putting everything in the system, it sends it out to the raider and comes back in and I'm doing that with the customer on the phone and the rate is correct." He said, "Oh yeah, I talked to the PL raider and everything. And they say that the the rate is correct 95% or more of the time." I was like, Maybe we're doing something wrong, but like you <laughs> never get a correct rate, right. never. And so I was like, okay. And he was like, oh, Jason, I think you're wrong. So I went in the mastermind. You can see the poll in there. Everybody. What was amazing was, is the guys from the people from California, they get the exact rate. 
yes. because it doesn't have the credit, right? Uh, the guys from New York. The whole, the whole issue, you can't get an exact rate in, until you pull the three reports, right? Exactly. Blue, MVR, and credit. So you can't get an exact rate anymore. Um, and where that happens in the process has been a business issue, not a technology issue. So I'll say the other thing on the on the small commercial rating. I've been mm -hmm. after this for a long time. I agree with you. The issue is, frankly, the carriers haven't had the infrastructure up until very recently okay. to be able to connect. Right? Okay. So the whole API discussion, which we've had, you know, many times. It is starting to make a difference. As mm -hmm. carriers are updating their infrastructure, you know, from literally 60 or 30 years ago to more modern platforms that have API capability built in, and as the vendors uh, slowly but surely are uh, opening up a bit more access, and as new kind of entrants coming in, new new vendors coming in, you know, that that's a core idea of, of what they do. We're seeing, uh, I think, a whole lot more capability along these lines. And that's why we're going to see, I think, small commercial come along actually pretty quickly. And I will tell you, small commercial, the issue is the data elements required versus an auto or a home are significantly more. So just mm -hmm. in terms of errors and not having the right coverage combination, I mean, there are some reasons why it's taken a while, but I am uh, actually quite excited about some of the new options that are coming out. Steve, I want to wrap it up with this, and this is actually going to be a very con controversial topic, I think, in the industry that I want to bring to the forefront because I think it's coming. I think it's been here for a while, and I think people haven't talked about it, and I think that these youngins, and when I say the youngins, I've been contacted by a bunch of these 20-year-olds that are making these products, and I notice they're all doing the same thing, and they're being um, labeled black hatters in a way. Um, because of their method for how they're doing things. We can either get the data out of the system from APIs, integration, two systems working together, or I can get your login, a login ID and password. I can come into your system, create bots that can constantly be updating another program on the outside to give you access to your data in whichever way you want it. Okay, the, the conversation I think the industry needs to have and no one talks about and, 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 and Steve, I'm, I'm saying this to you because I want you to tell me where I'm wrong and I'm being serious about that because I, when I have this conversation, I'm probably speaking very ignorantly about this. I believe that the legacy systems who have tried to protect that data or maybe they didn't have the network and the programs and the, you know, and the APIs to do it have put it out there that if you try to get that data by coming in through a user ID, that's not the correct way. That's not the ethical way. That's not the right way. You're not protecting the data, whatever it can be. But a lot of these youngins, they're coming to me and they're creating these awesome programs to create a better customer experience. But yet because they can't get access through integration or API, they're saying, give us a user ID and password and we can do that. For instance, one of them being, uh, I won't say the name, but this company out of California, young kid, he's created to where a customer calls in or prospect calls in, says, I want to quote, I can send them a text message. In, or, uh, uh, yeah, in that text, it has a link. When they click the link, it opens up and it says, what insurance company are you with? 
it. They click State Farm, says enter your user ID and password. Boom, they do. It immediately emails me all of the documents that that person has for auto, home, billing statements, everything. If I'm telling that to the customer, if I'm giving them consent, if they're telling me I got to get off the phone and call State Farm to get it or get online, and I say I can provide a better and easier way for you to do that. Is that bad? Is that wrong if we have the consent and we're giving the customer their information? So I have several thoughts. Okay, come on. Is it, is it, well, I, so let me start with, I would say a legal perspective. Okay. Um, and I haven't read, let's say State Farms, mm -hmm. end user license agreement, okay. ULA, right? Which nobody reads, but that's, <laughs> That and and by the way, that's the same issue with carriers with you providing an outsourced person credentials into the carrier system mm -hmm. based on the user license agreement that may be prohibited. Okay. But now, you know, then the question is, okay, are you encouraging your customer right to break the, the license agreement? Now that's a good point. Does okay. anybody care? No, I understand. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, but that's that. That's kind of the basis for access to information. I think uh, so. On on the other side of that, or at least another perspective is, you know, we've had this discussion now. It's coming up more and more. Who owns the data? And I hear agents all the time now saying, "Well, it's my data. Everything in the management system is my data." And and I do struggle with that because it's not. It's your customer's data. I've heard and, you say that for a while and I agree. And you know, so what what does that mean? What implications does that have? And another third kind of perspective. So I'm not sure where I'm coming down on it. I'm, no, it's tough. It's um, tough. Uh, another perspective is I love the creativity. And again, this is coming out of my book, but you know, we talk about innovation, certainly in our industry, and I think that's entirely the wrong conversation. Our industry doesn't need innovation. Hmm. Our industry needs experimentation and invention because you can't you can't innovate something you haven't actually created um and again back to amazon one of the reasons amazon is so successful is they experiment and invent on behalf of the customer so from that perspective i love the idea of helping the customer have a easier process for getting their information to to somebody else, right? And so, you know, having access, you know, they're, them providing access to their information so that I can take that as a as an agent looking at competing, you know, providing them with another uh, quote or package or or pro, uh, proposal, and making that easier for the consumer, I think is a good thing. Dude, they they give you an app, a widget that you put on your website. And the consumer can just click it and it opens up and they put in State Farm and put in their information and boom, it just sends the, the who they sent it to. It, it, right. It's incredible. And so here's what a programmer told me because I've been reaching out to some programmers getting their feeling on this. Obviously, the more veteran programmers like adamant, like it's like no. And then the youngers, they're like, well, heck, if we're trying to get the information and we can't get it. One of it, this is one programmer said I thought was interesting. He said, I'm against what they're doing because they're using the information from their current carrier to be able to, you're using the, your technology to get that information so that you can write them away from that. Mm -hmm. Okay, whether that's wrong or right, that's what he said. 
But he said, if you're doing that and you're creating that inside of an app, and it's maybe maybe I give this app company um, an Excel spreadsheet that has all my customers, they upload it into it, and the person opens it up, John and Steve Anderson opens it up, and it says, hey, you have two policies with travelers. And you click the home policy. What it does is, is this is a pretty cool little app. I've seen this app. What it does is, is because um, the Excel spreadsheet, it downloaded not only your name and stuff, but, your, but the uh, policy number. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you click on your app and it says, hey, log in to travelers to get your policy, because they don't have a direct incur- in- integration, it'll say you need to have your policy number. There's your policy number right there. You put in the policy number. Now, once you log in, it continually has you logged in until travelers changes their system or something. Right. To the programmer, that was okay because you were allowing the customer to use their, oh, you were giving them another way to get access to their own information. their own information. Mm -hmm. But they weren't giving it away. Right. And so, and then I also think that if someone's going into our system, we need to really be protecting the data. We don't want them taking social security numbers and all that stuff. So I think there's a lot of parameters, but I also think to say that, you know, and screen scraping is the people that we've talked to, those people that that's what they call it, screen scraping or scripting. They don't want to do it that way because every time travelers or somebody changes something about their system, it breaks. And so like these young people are saying, I'm just doing this to try and give you an app that your customers can actually use. But I'm in talks with trying to get these companies to change, you know? Right. I know. I'm caught. I'm caught, Steve. The whole issue with an agency mobile app is irrelevant, frankly, right now, because you can't get access to Write the information exactly what the you information. just described. Yeah, right. I know, I know, I know. Chicken or egg, right? Chicken or egg. It is, and I think it's something that people need to talk about because here's what's happening: there's good carriers, or there's good systems out there that are being black hatted, and I'm telling you right now, some of the businesses that are here that disagree with that, they're calling the Orange Partner programs, mm-hmm. they're calling the Al, uh, the Applieds, they're calling them saying, hey, here's what they're doing. And then all of a sudden when I say, hey, that's pretty cool, the current person today goes, oh man, they're doing bad stuff. Go call the Orange Program. Go call the Orange Partner Program. They'll tell you they're doing bad stuff. So someone like me is like, oh crap, I'm not going around them. Yeah, they're doing black hat shit. Well, once you actually start stopping and looking at it, yes, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's the conversation we're having, Steve. But I think that those legacies are hurting those new ones who are being creative, inventing and trying things. Yeah, so let me, let, me, <laughs> let me put that back into uh, Bezos' letters language. Okay. Day one, and it's always day one, so day one company or day two company. And um, um, I was just, you know, writing an article, you know, Bezos talks about, uh, was asked the question and actually talks about it in, in the 2016 letter. He said, Jeff, you know, what does day two look like? And he has this great, great quote, actually it looked good. YouTube video of him on stage at an all hands meeting. And he said, day two is stasis, followed by irrelevance, followed by excruciating, painful decline, followed by death. Death. Yep. That's day two. So it's always day one. So it's all, that's why it's always day one. Um, And, and really it's that, that idea of a day two company. And I've said this a lot, the biggest risk a business faces is being successful. 
because Ooh. you immediately, I say immediately, you, the mindset starts shifting to how do I protect what got me here, not how do I experiment and invent something new. And so that's sort of back to that whole innovation, experimentation, invention. You know, you can't have innovation until you experiment and invent. And I think that, again, in our industry, legacy vendors, um, you know, that is an issue. They're protecting, not inventing. That's it, dude. You're you're so right about that. You're so right about that. You're obsessed with this Bezos thing. Right? Hey, well, you know, I just realized. And I say it as a good way. I mean. I, it, there's a lot to learn there. It's hard mm -hmm. to argue that Amazon hasn't been successful. You, they're successful as a business. They're successful in not paying taxes. No, I'm joking, Steve. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyways, hey, so, whatever it so, is. Okay. Me, I, I, I hear that a lot. And I don't, That's under, not true. I don't understand the question because, Jason, when was the last time you paid more taxes than you owed? When's the, no, never. I'm never. Not pay more taxes. Yeah. So why is that a problem against Amazon? It should be a problem against your representatives that created the tax. Correct. That allowed Fair. them to take advantage, if you want, but appropriately. Fair enough, and I'm gonna. I will carry that message, Steve, because that makes a lot of sense. I'm serious. That that makes a lot of sense. You know, any any company that quote doesn't pay taxes, it's the tax code. And they're smart enough to understand it, which is a whole thing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Why is that on Amazon? So anyway. I agree. No, you're good. I like that way to end that. <laughs> leaders are readers, and readers are leaders. Besides Bezos' letters, what's you? What are you reading right now? Steve? Oh gosh, I just finished a great book uh, called Creativity Inc., written Ooh. by. Um, ooh, I'm going to lose the. I can't think of the author's name right here. Uh, one of the founders of Pixar. And uh, talks about the you know the whole kind of history of Pixar and how they were able to create movies that consistently were blockbusters. And it's it, it's again lessons learned there that can apply to any insurance organization. How do you encourage creativity? How do you experiment? Part of it was how do you not punish failure? Failure is a part of the process, and how do you encourage that? So, really mm -hmm. interesting. Ed Ed Cantwell is the author's name. He was uh, uh, president at uh, Pixar, and uh, one of the three founders. So, wow, yeah, I have read a. I can't remember which one it was. I was just talking about this with Josh Lipstone. He's a big Disney guy. Um, I was just talking with. Uh, I can't remember what book it was. I read it back in my twenties about the story of Walt Disney, yep. and and just not him, but coming all the way through and their ownership and Pixar and. Dude, the things they were doing, like when they created Lion King, to us, that was a great movie. That was like a huge moment for their for their company and stuff like yep. that. Okay. So anyways, um, Steve, you never disappoint, buddy. I'm glad I reached hey. out to you. I'm glad I I'm glad I brought you on. The listeners always appreciate this. And uh, you know, like always, I, I hope you and the wife um finally are able Thank to you. get out of out of the out of the yeah. damn well, we're house. Starting to, yeah, we're starting to uh, venture out a little bit. Are you thinking about trying to go anywhere, like in July I, or August? I, no? uh, I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical right now. We'll do much traveling, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Every every three weeks, it's a different world, anyway. So, hey, so, we'll uh, so um, kind of signing as we sign off, uh, uh -huh. I'll, I'll give you a little something to uh, keep uh -oh. on your radar. Come got on. a really interesting project that I can't give you much details about, but okay. next couple of months, um, 
kind of back to your association comment, there's going to be some interesting changes going on with uh, state associations and how they help their members with technology. Really? So I'll just wow. leave it at that. Percurator. And you know what they're doing over there in Ohio? I do. With that, that is some phenomenal stuff. I I, I had Ash Fitz um, on the Mastermind uh-huh. uh, to talk about some of that stuff. I think I think they're on something there. Um, and and here's here's what I'll say. You know about uh, what I'm seeing with associations, kind of what I'm seeing in agencies, right? As a new uh, crop of association executives are coming in, um, the mindset is changing in terms of what an association should be and should be providing and helping with their members. So thank God. just, thank I, God. Well, you know, it's, it change, know. change takes time sometimes. I, change takes time. I know it's just never as fast as cast once. And so that's okay. So hey, I'll, Steve, I'll you're my more, buddy. I'll say more when I can, but that's just a little, little and, and when you find out you, you ring my bell and you can come back on here at any time you want, Steve, I appreciate right. your time. I really do. Loyal listeners. This is why I do it. I do it for you. This has been Jason cast. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason cast with agents influence podcast. He's Steve. We're out.